Welcome back everybody, this is The Refresh Point, my name is Ben, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Steve. How's it going? You know what? Uh, had a really good week, looking forward to a really good weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah. Because tomorrow, at the time of recording, we'll be going to Rosemont. We're going to Chicago, we're going to the Windy City, but before that... Let's take a look at the Toronto Regional as well as the Bone-In meta that we'll be diving into. Pre-tournament rituals, Sokka scans, the Bone Daddy, and more after you shuffle your decks, tap or cut. And let's get right into the refresh point with some breaking news. And now, let's dive into the spike corner. Uh, that. Yeah, that's about it for yeah. the news. Not a lot of news. No, no there news. is no news. Yeah. There is no news. We're in peak tournament cycle, which means... So all the news is right here in the spike corner. That's right. Toronto happened. Uh, the episode released uh, a few days ago. Steve guessed Don Machi as the dark horse, and it turns out... It was the redhead Ichika that would be our, our big dark horse winner, I think. Yeah, uh, of the um, tournament. I would. I, I would, guess Ichika and Atla. I would argue that yeah, the Atla yeah, is the, Avatar is, is the, the, last the big Airbender. big winner. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, um, if we look at uh, 140 players, which is pretty big, I think for for the region. Um, I, I, yeah. I don't I don't have the numbers from last year on hand. But that sounds like a crap load of players. So um, really nice to see good turnout. Um, this top eight looks like a list of uh, highly usual suspects, we'll say. Uh -huh. um, we've got uh, two SAO and two Hollow Live and two Slime and one uh, Quint and then one avatar. Yeah, you know, last time and just to clarify last time in Springfest there were uh, 42 teams So, so that's like 120 that's about 120 players and fall tends to pull I, I guess I feel like it would tend to pull a little more people for hard to say wall. hard to say it's easier because if if you don't have a team you can play yeah, right, you know but on the one hand, you know, it's like uh, team play is tend to viewed through more casual lens. I don't know. I don't know. I will yeah. say, but it is more people. 140 players cool. is 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 a nice size wise tournament. Glad uh -huh. to see it. Happy to see it. Now, uh, let's talk about results a little bit. Um, our big winner is uh, a deck we know, a deck we love, uh, a deck that we see all the time here in DFW, which is the Eight Pants Slime Deck. Yay! So, chalk up a win for the Slime Deck. Um, this is the standard build, so um, yeah. we're talking about no finishing combo. Um, we have the level one and level two advantage engines, one for um, the old engine, the old level one combo with Shizu, and the new level two combo featuring Murin. Yes, and uh, I guess the things that are quote unquote of note um, are like, you know, cause all the slime lists play just like slightly different quantities of everything. Yeah. Uh, and this is no different. So this specific list uh, has uh, the set one climax swapper instead of the set three one that is red and check stop. This one is on attack, check top two, pick a trigger. Uh, so this one's like 
better quote unquote to swing with sure for clean triggers but it also adds to your blue count uh however much that you think that matters to you uh it's running one of the dragonoid bonder which goes to stock whenever you uh play a dragonoid uh and gives the dragonoid 1500 power um so if you're missing a shuna or even if you do have the shuna um this is a pretty good way to just kind of be like all right now milim definitely is getting over whatever you have yeah as another um trigger reliability uh mechanic on play you get to um check two, and top re- two. check two and reorder as long as one of those is a character you get the bird one off dragonoid yay right. yeah so yeah. um yeah we've got a couple of uh yeah a couple nice pieces here for um increased dragonoid reliability mm-hmm. other than that um a lot of this looks very familiar um, not that many of the Murin Bonder, which I thought was interesting. Um, I've seen well, some I decks mean, rely so... on that as a four of, and I've seen some decks um, deprioritize it. So. Yeah, I think it's it, it's the mindset of like, um, are we going to super lean into the Shizu combo? And then like, how much do we care about having other tech slots? Right. And so uh, this deck has a lot of our usual tech, plus the Dragonoid Bonder, uh, the Prankster Amorous, Grappling Hook Effect, Veldora, Discard, Saxel Salvage, Milim for the deck speed in the stock, the stock swap, one of the TD Rimru, one of the Blue Soway that I'm, I'm really making editing this really highly annoying for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the the interesting thing is because they've kind of done all of this tech and also the Dragonoid, um, their three count looks a little funky. They have one of the Bird Forshion, two Dragonoids, even with the Bonder, and only three Benny Mars. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like it seems as it seems as though the plan for the build is to do double Benny Marsh and and Dragonoid Milam. Or it even could be just double Dragonoid Benny Maru at this point. To yeah, be yeah. Like it just depends on how much real you need, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think it's fine. Um, this deck does have a ton of one ofs. Um, and for a deck that doesn't have really what i would consider to be superior selection um i find that interesting um it means that you're gonna have a premium on the shizu combo um going off and um picking up things that you need to have happen during the game um i mean i will say they do have four of the the shuna ricky yeah uh which has been run as either a three or four of so like you can say that they expect to just have more cards in hand, which they can kind of discard away with Soe or Veldora to kind of make the Shizu more reliable. But yeah, yeah. they have a number of like one-off hand fixers or one-off um, deck speed fixers, and yeah. then um, we got some level two counters. And I mean, there's a there's a lot of one-offs. Um, no, I have no problem with that. I think that Weiss is a game that can support that. It's just that, generally speaking, I, I tend to prefer um, at least having one selectivity piece at four, um, at zero, so I can try and guarantee that my level one combo is going to be smooth. 
Um, the slime doesn't really have a good piece that facilitates that. Um, mostly because of color restrictions and because they're two best zeros. Um, one is just a beater that denies any on reverse mechanic, which is super annoying. And the other one is like um, Aqua at home. So uh, those are fine. And, and you really don't have another red zero you could run in the, in that Shuna spot that would... You can run the chaser. Yeah, uh, that's sort of even worse because yeah. then you, now you have two beaters that do nothing. And well, it's better because to... you would run. So we, we've discussed this before, but the other red uh, yellow option is running the chaser from set two and the set one yellow Ricky. Yeah, uh, because that'll just search you a one or lower. So that just gets you Sheezer, Sheezer gets you something, etc., etc. There's but a it's lot not of the, the mass card quantity that Shuna might give you. Yeah, I like it better in every context, except for the fact that that zero um, Kodoro or Hakuro. Yeah, he denies a lot of uh, mechanics in the game right now. Oh, and, yeah. Um, there are a lot of zeros that are really relying on on death or on reverse. reverse. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you still get the on reverse, but the on waiting room effects um, uh, are I mean, denied. You, you might not. Like, for example, it denies Lammy because on reverse, you proc first. And then they can't, she can't go the to memory. Yeah, yeah, and she can't go to memory. Yeah, yeah. So denying those sort of mechanics um, is really powerful, mm -hmm. um, especially in a in a meta like the one we're in now, where a lot of decks are trying to derive massive amounts of advantage at zero. Mm -hmm. um, even against itself, you know, um, it, it yeah, denies. Yeah, you, you get to deny. You get Shuna. to deny Shuna. <laughs> um, so and then Shuna can give the Hakuro the power to beat over any zero on God's green earth. So yeah, yeah I think it's good um, in most matchups. Um, I think the only matchup where it doesn't matter is probably um, Alice. They don't really have any zeros that they even care about. Not so. particularly unless you're fighting Alice Kirito. Uh, yeah, they can deny the Yu-Gi-Oh. You can deny the Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, not. Sh I, I guess that does feel good since you're playing like a climaxless finisher for the most part and kind of what happens is if you get the climax you get it and if you don't I guess we don't have the plus one soul but sometimes that matters yeah, so, yeah. I think that um, I think UGO if you want UGO in memory you can get it it's just annoying to have it denied whereas stuff like Aqua or Lammy yeah or if you miss the timing the timing know, of those is more important where you miss the timing Lammy I think is less important I think that's another card where it's like if they want it they can get it It'll just happen on their turn. It'll happen later, but like happening on their turn is a big deal though because it forces you to free a lane, yeah, and get cl and and open yourself up to damage. So maybe that's what they want though, you know? So, yeah, it depends. It, it always depends. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. You prefer to have the choice. True. True. Um, but yeah, I don't like I don't like mechanics like that proccing um, during my turn unless I have a desperate need where it's like I need to mill four cards and I need it now. Last thing on this list that I'll touch on is that there's only two hexproof Shunas, and while that's kind of standard, um, I I I'm personally running three, and I and here's my argument for three, and here's other people's arguments for running three. We have Overlord. Overlord says kill, you know, whatever it sends the the events away, and we'll talk about it again later. That's our deck of the week. Haha. Uh, when we talk about it again later, um. It can only send the Shuna to the waiting room whenever that kind of whole thing procs. And then you kind of want to have a second one on hand because Overlord also has a tap counter. Um, 
Also, it's just nice to have three because then like you feel worse about it going to clock, you feel worse about triggering it, and it is a pretty key piece of like keeping your board together. Um, and so while Overlord didn't exist, two feels pretty optimal. While Overlord does exist, having three uh, accessible feels pretty good, I think. Uh, I've played this deck a little bit, and what I will say is the fewer things that you need to pick up with Shizu, the better the deck feels. Um, because, I, again, it, it doesn't feel like you can select a lot before two. At two, you're going to get to select whatever finisher you think is going to win the game. Um, but prior to that, uh, the zero game doesn't feel like it facilitates a whole lot of selection. So I, I tend to prefer the key pieces being in higher quantities so I can raw draw them. Yeah. Um, that being said, I didn't win this tournament. So um, <laughs> I, I yeah. definitely, uh, you know, it's everybody's going to have a different take on it. But congrats. Um, congrats to the winner. Uh, it's a very good deck executed very well. Um, let's also, congrats to Steve. Not this Steve. But Steve from Canada, who also has his own YouTube channel, where he won with an Avatar Bar standby list. Yeah, so um, let's talk about this list real quick, because it's highly non-standard. Um, I, I don't think uh, this is getting built in this way very often, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, so we can go over it quickly. Um, this is a take on the... Um, silly soccer tricks deck um so we have a lot of those pieces built into it we've got the two the level two that sacrifices your characters to get cards and we've got the ozula finisher that sacrifices your characters to deal damage um so we have some of the soccer tricks that we can execute late game for many 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 packets of damage um which is in fact how you make people die and um on the to fill out the rest of the deck we have um we made space for the avatar state so we have um lots of high value triggers so uh -huh. we can get bars and standbys off of that we've got the tough combo which is probably the best advantage engine in avatar in terms of producing cards that you want into your hand and providing a, a, a modest amount of deck speed mm -hmm. um and then the the big thing that's uh that's brought in here is we're running enough of every color and he's got a okay color balance not great not bad um basically two colors that are dominating green and red and then two other colors that are um supporting blue and yellow mm -hmm. um but we're running the uh blue zero that mills three and if you get you know if it hits all three you draw Yep. Uh, I think with the color combinations that he has, it is probably not super likely to draw as much as it would be in a more balanced color configuration. But this card, this card kind of demands to be run because it's also um, a level swap, which can be very useful at times. It's also um, just like a premier amount of deck speed for a zero where you'd get to mill three and no matter what, that happens and then like yeah and it's sometimes it's you'll than, just draw a card for free yeah it's better than like because they print mill three on a zero like a few different times right it'll it, it'll be paired with any number of mechanics but this one is mill three and maybe pick one from the three so it, it it's nice in that way also quick note 
congrats to Kevin Fonsa for winning Toronto. We just didn't have the name on hand. Uh, congrats on that. And back to the avatar list. Um, uh, he did have gameplay of it uploaded to his channel beforehand. Uh, and he also has an overview video on his own channel. So we're not going to super deep, deep dive into his list because he'll explain it better than we ever could. <laughs> yeah, and we'll obviously provide uh, links to that uh, from our YouTube to check it out uh, to his content. If you just look at his deck log, he has his YouTube channel listed as the deck name. So easy yeah. enough. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think that this build is pretty reasonable. Um, it maximizes all of the good stuff that comes from Avatar. So we're maximizing the Azula damage engine in the late game. We're maximizing the Toph combo. We're maximizing the Sokka and Avatar state. So we're we're just taking and the and of course the the blue zero. We're taking all of the uh, best pieces from the set and we're jamming them all into one deck. And our goal is make Azula kill you with like nine plus packets. Now, yeah. this this is an ambitious deck that um, definitely would require a lot of practice to be um, played very well. And so um, congrats. Uh, yeah, and he got it. <laughs> yeah, con congrats um, on uh, a very good finish with a, with a deck that probably very few people would see coming. Um, that being said, um, there are some things that um, are, are difficult about this deck to pilot, and the, probably the most difficult one is Azula needs to reverse in the late game uh, to get her combo off. Mm -hmm. And if you sense that that is possible, um, then you can take steps to avoid it. The other issue is that um, some characters may, uh, with the with, with the introduction of Overlord to the to the format, um, that might make things even more complicated for a deck like this because you will know for sure that one lane is unreversible and in other lanes it may become problematic if they get a whole bunch of yeah. um the three two on board you get to get rid of their kind of standby advantage and brainstormers pretty easily yeah uh, killing ty lee is killing ty lee is annoying yes killing the ozla 2-2 if they get it out is annoying killing the like brainstormer it's pretty annoying. Yeah, uh, one of three. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so. it's an awkward, it's an awkward setup um, in 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 that way. But I still think it's pilotable in that even after Overlord's out, it's just that um, a deck like this is it requires a quite a, a bit of delicate play. So um, by all means, if you like Avatar, this is a great place to start from. If you if you if you're looking for um, something tournament worthy. Uh, this will not be the last Avatar deck we see in top eight um, this this fall, I believe. I don't think so either. I think uh, I think somebody will master the elements at some point. That that deck feels unreasonable at times, for sure. So, I, I, I think somebody can make it happen. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. I've been unreasonably good. Yeah, uh -huh. like there's definitely yeah, 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 times yeah. where I've played it and I've been like, man, I don't. This deck is crazy strong. The finisher is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I think the the last interest, the last super interesting thing of note that I wanted to comment on is his usage of the the Suki Kiyoshi Warrior, which uh, on play and on death lets you discard to salvage from clock and reclock, uh, which offers a a very interesting amount of like clock manipulation in, in a sense. Yeah. Um. Part of what I like about it is um. You get 
uh, access to a pretty strong hand outlet um, at a point in the game where, or, you know, in the middle of the game, you can get a hand outlet that you wouldn't normally have. Mm. Um, and the deck's kind of weak on hand outlets uh, without it. So um, I like it for that. Um, the like the the funniest thing you can do with it, right, is you you get to clock the avatars, the learning avatar state. Yeah. You get to get the stock off of it, and then you get to uh, just grab it back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the timing works when she um, when she goes to the waiting room where you yeah. can re you can rediscover you can rediscover it, and so you can spam avatar states for um, massive amounts of resources, uh, which. I mean that's that's not nothing. Um, her other effect, her unreverse uh, sending cost zeros to clock. Um, not it exists. Yeah, not, <laughs> it's actually super good against level zeros and really not great against most everything else. Um, it is a one five, so yeah, yeah. like it'll probably happen. It'll to level it can zeros. harass yeah. level zeros for sure. Yeah. So um, there's, but uh, I'm not sure how many level one games would be strongly affected by that. But it is a very unique and interesting card, and I had not thought about this way to use it. Um, so I mean, it pisses off Shizu. Yeah, it's true. a very clever use. Yeah, that's true. Pisses it's, off well, both the Shizu and the Human Mirren because you can't can't clock on Cord either. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that might be some. It's it's definitely got some tech in the meta, and it's a very creative way to get lots of value from Avatar State without having to hold lots of Avatar States. So very cool, very cool adaptation. Um, and congrats once again. Yeah. So looking at everything else, everything else looks pretty bog standard. I'm, pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, we have another another slime deck, um, very similar to the to the first one. Um, we have two Alice Silica decks, uh, which we don't have uh, we don't have deck list for, but I can guarantee I could name forty five of the fifty cards. Yeah. And. Um, We've got two Askigura decks, and if I know Askigura like I know Askigura, I could probably name 45 of those 50 cards too. So, yeah. and uh, eight choice. Yeah, Ichika. we have eight choice Ichika. This is kind of the standard build for eight choice Ichika, where we have triple climax combo, um, only one of the finishing combo, which I, props to the people who can do this. This would be so nerve wracking for me. But, I mean, you have a guy that just gets a choice. Yeah. You better you know? know where it is. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. There's three of them. It's an early play. You know, it sets up both the, the early play combo and the finishing combo. <laughs> just don't trigger it, forehead. Anyway. Uh, just don't penalty it, forehead. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, just, we'll just draw into it. Yeah, we'll just have it. Well, in any case... Um, braver men than me. Uh, playing uh, the Ichika deck is Ichika is is very nice in the meta. Um, the event uh, is extremely powerful. Two cigarettes event that also has the side benefit of crapping all over some decks. In particular, Alice and Overlord's not going to enjoy it either. Um, it means they're going to have to um, clutch that uh, some of their back row characters a little tightly um, mm -hmm. early in the game, especially. Um, so you'll have to be more cautious when playing around this event. Uh, it's two cigarettes, yeah. Uh, four in Ijika, and if they salvage a level three character, they get to bounce somebody. 
Yeah, so bounce anybody um, is yeah. is very annoying for early plays. It's a little rough. Like Alice, um, very annoying for it's Shizu. It's a one o event. Yeah, very annoying for Shizu, or not for Shizu, for Slime decks on the uh, after the mirror in turn mm -hmm. um, because they can bounce your Hexproof, which also costs you 2k power in every lane. Um, yeah. Unless you play double Shuna. Right. <laughs> The, uh, if you just get the sauce, you can just make the whole board hexproof. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's not nothing. Yeah. Um, the rest of the deck, um, yeah. pretty high reliability finisher um, that is an on-cancel, uh, allows you to shuffle back a certain amount of cards and then deal a certain amount of damage. Your choice based on the number of other characters. Um so, or up to the number of other characters you have. So you can kind of control how much you need to win. Um, shuffling back a whole bunch of cards into your opponent's deck is a fast way to kill them in certain deck states. So while it doesn't have great reach, and if your opponent just eats all three and they're not dead, you kind of uh, don't have any juice. But um, if they're at 3-0, it's pretty awkward to deal with this combo. It's pretty lethal. Yeah, yeah you're probably yeah. in danger. Um, so uh, yeah, like two two four and above, really. You're 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 pretty risky. I feel like. Yeah, it depends on how much you can eat, honestly. Because if you yeah. eat two of them and then block once, you're kind of you're kind of good to go. Or block twice. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you block down in one lane, you're kind of safe. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're at two, so. Um, it doesn't take a lot of blocks, but you may not get a lot of blocks. So that's the trick. Um, the rest of it, uh, pretty, pretty standard build for this, for this sort of deck. So, um, yeah. that's the Quint deck that is likely to do the best, um, in the current meta because it has a lot of answers. So, It um, will get nukes by Overlord to hell. It's going to be more awkward for, for them to deal with Overlord. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see how that goes, um, after this week, um, where we will, uh, be entering into our first bone in meta yeah <laughs> sorry it really took you effort to say that huh uh, <laughs> you, you had to stop for a sec you're like it's huh? just like i'm saying this I anyway just, i just can't think of in that in any other context but a wing context yeah yeah so i think we I, had the boneless meta and now here's the bone in meta and speaking of bone in meta here's eins <laughs> it's time for our deck of the week and uh, we talked about this early on in the podcast because it was dominating in Japan, but we figured that people might need a little refresher on the power of Eins. The last time we talked about this was in episode four, which, wow, we've been here for 12 more episodes after that one it turns out we're still not bored of doing this thanks so for listening thank uh, you to everyone <laughs> who is absorbing the content yeah uh appreciate it all uh, right so but yeah here's eins yeah let's talk about eins um what does it do again yeah so um this deck is going to be the type of deck that is similar to alice in the sense that the meta has to warp around it to adjust to it. And there are certain strategies that are going to become invalid because of the existence of this deck. So the main strategies that are going to become invalid are minus soul strategies or any sort of choke strategy at level two. Or any sort of just 
board presence strategy at level two, realistically. Right. So, um, Sora dot deck and things like that can't really exist in the same meta as this deck. Yeah. So why is that? Well, let's talk about it. So the main reason that this deck is going to see play is because of the interaction of the early play Ein's combo. So there's a one, one that will allow you to, uh, play a, there's a one, one event that you can play for free. You can have up to five copies in the deck. It's peon Kichi, yeah. by the way. Yeah. It's just peon Kichi. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's just, it's just salvaging for the most part. Um, the other thing is the interaction between the zero ions and the three ions and the one, one really. Right. So the zero lets you pay one, discard one, kill it. And if you're level two to play the ions three, two from your hand as a act. Also for fun, you can clock yourself at the beginning of the opponent's attack step to bounce that zero and another card to your hand. So it kind of serves like both an early game advantage and also your early play mechanic. Yeah, so. it's like Bell with an even better kicker. So um, so we get we get that and the 3-2 has a smorgasbord of abilities. All right, let's just break it down nice and easy. Yeah. There's three things that it can do. In fact, the climax combo is the only text on the card. Right. It's a 9500 green 3-2 What it does is one of three things. When you play the bar, you can choose to uh, take all of the 1-1 events in your waiting room and mark it underneath. Take the events that are marked underneath and send them to your memory and then choose X characters on your opponent's board and kill them. Uh, this is all at one timing, and so that's why you can, for example, only pick Shuna, and, like, it doesn't, uh, cascade for a slime board. Right. Um, the third effect is burn one. Burn one. All of the effects are preceded by heal one. Right. So you always get the heal, and then you have one of the three effects. Effectively, what this means, and... Okay, sorry. Last thing, the 1-1 one, one gives a 3-2 of your choice hexproof on the opponent's turn and cannot be reversed, and the opponent cannot be reversed. Uh, so bombs don't work, and you can't downgrade it. Uh, you can only anti-early counter it, and if they're expecting it, they'll just side into you three times, and then they'll have something that's invincible. And then once the events are in the memory, those events have an effect as well that stacks. At the Encore step, they can choose to pay one, discard any card for as many events as are in memory to burn one. Yeah. So what this means is, it's the cascade of burn ones. It's happening. Here it is. And every time they combo, they're gonna heal off one, two, if they try feeling it, here's three off the three off the clock on bar, you know. Uh, but it's a it's a multi-step deck, and so it's very prone to damage rush, you know. Yeah, there's a couple ways things can go wrong, um, and we'll talk about that um, here in a, in a second. But the other parts of this deck that are enabling it 
are the the other combo is on door um so we have a 1-0 combo uh for shaltier it's uh effectively 8,000 power and, and when it reverses you salvage and then you time machine you send it to memory or if the board is empty yeah it doesn't so have to reverse yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it can you, the, the empty the slot can be empty as well yeah, yeah. yeah so it's either reverse or empty the only denial is punching over it right so and then it goes to memory and then at the start of your next turn it'll return to the board mm -hmm. so that's its main selectivity and plus engine it has another one uh, it has another 1-0 shout here that can take a vampire bride from your waiting room and put it into the clock and allow you to, to raw draw one from the top. The value of this card cannot be understated. It was banned for a reason. Yes. JP. Yes. Because uh, this will let yeah. you force cards into your clock so you can level up. Force cards into your clock so you can get free advantage and then heal the damage with Eins. Um, there's just... Um, there is... Clock control is a big part of what makes this deck good because it is vulnerable to certain timing problems. So for example, if you are hitting two right as your deck is refreshing, it is real bad because all of the events will be going back into the deck. They will not be in the waiting room, so you cannot marker them. Because you cannot marker them, you cannot send them to memory on the follow-up combo turn. So you need two combos in order to get the events transition from the waiting room into the memory. And it's a pain anytime you can't do it. So every time you have to select burn one instead of either of the other effects, it is extremely Early bad. On. Yes. Early on. Yes. Uh, and uh, the one one, as we mentioned, does make the event free to play. So if you can just grip them and make sure they're in the waiting room at the right timing, that's like technically also a play but you know we need them all to be in the waiting room or as many as possible as many as possible we right. want all the burn ones possible right so um what this means is that in the late game if you are close to death you are dead there it is very unlikely that you will live um if they, especially if they have four or five markers in memory um they're four four or five burn ones is liable to kill you in, yeah. in many deck states yeah so um what can we do right that's that's important um the first thing you can do is deny shaltier um if you are playing alice if you are playing anything that is real thick at level one or unreversible at level one think nino's one one or something like this um if we can deny shaltier in some way then they hate that because that is their biggest selection engine and without it they can have a bit of an awkward time getting all the pieces together for the follow-up uh level two turns uh so anytime we can prevent them from executing their shall tier that's a win not all decks can do that in fact i would venture to say very few decks can do that so what's our next choice yeah and just to mention just gonna double check um okay yeah and it's at the end of the card's attack so if you have a bounce combo like saikano if you bounce back they still get it right yeah bounce back doesn't work move gear does not work so um the the only way to deny it is being is being thick or being unreversible mm -hmm. and so there are a couple decks that can do that 
most decks probably can't do that. Bang it's, Dream choice. Yes, can, Bang Dream can choice pretty, can be pretty funny. There is yeah. very frustrating for them. Yeah. Um. So there are some Bang Dream choice and Alice is are the two best ways to deny this combo. Um. If we can't deny it, what can we do? Well, the next thing we can do is grip an anti-early counter to force them to respect you. So three sides is pretty good. Yeah. Shout out to Chainfire, who's been commenting on our, our episodes fairly frequently. Uh, you didn't mention that you were like, yeah, three sides feels pretty good. And on the whole, if you have a board, I tend to agree with you. <laughs> yeah, forcing them to respect you is a big part of keeping the game in range. If they know you don't have it, then they're gonna go hard. And if you take a bunch of damage at two, I guarantee you're going to you're going to lose to this deck frequently. Because but the best thing about it is if you can grab it by just raw drawing that shit, or if you have a check three brainstormer, because then you can really make them like on the ropes about it, which is where we want them to be. Yeah, the best thing you can do is show it, or the second best thing you can do is show it to them. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is sneak it in. But if you're playing Overlord, I highly recommend that you keep a tight visual on your opponent's waiting room to be looking for stuff like that. And realistically, you should expect cards like this because every set has one available, it is good against a variety of strategies, there is no reason to not run it, and there are many decks that will punish you severely if you don't have any way to respond to them. I think the, the biggest thing for the, the budding Overlord player at uh, any regional, because this will come out too late for anybody at Chicago. But um, uh, I would highly recommend familiarizing yourself with which decks have in level one anti-early punch that they will throw into you. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, it's probably Kaguya and Konosuba. I don't think there's anything else that's like even close to relevance that, that has one at level one but most of them have one at level two. Yeah. And if they're level two already, there's no excuse to not side three times if you don't know. Yeah, so the best strategy um, if you're playing Overlord is to, um, if you hit two before your opponent, which is very common, um, you should front with your non-Ainz characters because your non-Ainz characters are going to be the characters that deal less damage from side attacks in general. So you want to front with those characters so that you can get the maximum amount of damage in before they hit two. And as soon as they hit two, you should respect them if you want the game to stay in a positive strategy. Because what will make you lose incredibly quickly is dropping all the markers and eins if you get anti-early punched, like to the bottom of the deck or somewhere awful. Yeah, so you have now lost to eins, lost your, your kind of easy timing to get all the events in, now you're really just considering burning one forever, which sucks. Yeah, so you need to respect them, and if you they if you show them that you have the anti-early counter, you can make them respect you. And part of that is keeping their guy on the board, but the other part of it is for you, that should keep the game slow enough for you to compete. Because the other part of it that's kind of nice is you can front into this thing with anything, and you won't lose it. So it's a lane that's unlosable in the mid game, and that's kind of a that's kind of a nice thing to have when you're against it, because level zeros can front Eins and stay on the board. Um, now, granted, that opens up free side attacks for him on the follow up turn, but 
it allows you to conserve um, the valuable characters in your hand and it doesn't open up lanes, which I think is a, an important part of managing that sort of um, early game strategy. So you have to, you have to do, and, and then finally the, the last thing you can do to try and manage this is rush them. So they would like to um, take the game at a pace where they can set up and if you don't let them then they can be in kind of a frantic state it doesn't necessarily mean they don't need very many pieces to make the eins part of the deck work you need the one one the three two zero zero and a bar um that's that's not a huge ask you're probably running a whole bunch of all of those things except the one one the one one tends to be the piece that is the longest pole in the tent that is the thing that they're going to run the fewest copies of that is the thing they're going to want to sculpt and cast the least so if you have any way to disrupt that off the board, it's very frustrating because they won't want to sculpt two of them. So um, there's a number of decks that can do that. Um, you know, for example, Slime can can drag it to the front if they leave a lane open. Oh, surprise, your Shaltir went to memory. Yeah, oh. <laughs> so they're gonna leave lanes open for you to drag to the front. So, yeah. but if, if you're playing Overlord, you should just reserve the one one off the board. Like, don't cast it. Keep it in your hand. There's no reason to cast it. Unless you desperately need to play the event yes. to, like, get cards. If you're, yeah, if you're in a very bad hand state and you need free events, then maybe. But um, for the most part, they're going to try and conserve that to, to play against that strategy. But if you see that 1-1 one, one on the board and you can remove it through any means of your deck, search for that means, get it, remove it from the board, and force them to sculpt another one. Because they're not good at at sculpting a whole bunch of stuff they want to sculpt just the amount of stuff that they need to run one set of level one combos and then immediately go into the rest of the deck they don't want to drag the game out at in the in the early stages so if you rush them make them defensive then um they it's possible they won't be able to set up correctly or if they can set up correctly it's possible they won't have enough events or if they do have enough events it's possible that they may not have you know everything that they need to make it as optimal as it can be the other thing is that if their finisher isn't super good until you're three um they want the game to stay at two forever so if you shove them to three it makes them very uncomfortable because their finisher doesn't work super well unless you're at three already so a lot of times if you put the pendulum too far on their end they can lose from that yeah and uh just uh and another small thing again we did mention there is a tap counter in overlord yes and it used to be a promo but it was reprinted so yeah, yeah. there's no there's zero chance that they're not running it um play around it if you can if you can't then accept that that's going to be part of their strategies and a lot of times they'll show it to you to try and um, intimidate you with it or or um, make you respect them so um i think it's 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 a it's a pay f it's a pay five I no think. it is a promo it's a it, it is another promo i think it's a box topper yeah so it's, it's like, like easier to get than the other one maybe it's but, a pay uh, five counter um yeah yeah it is so uh yeah very uh very similar to the to the strats that mti would use to to bully you with their with their tap counter they will do the same things with theirs yeah and uh a quick touch up because overlord is legal albedo is also legal 
And Albedo does have a deck. Yeah. Um... Uh, and it's not one to ignore entirely either, though I'm not entirely sure what the full counterplay that your deck may have is to it yet. So it's an eight standby list. And the the main pieces here are a 2-2, two, two, a 3-2, and a 3-0, or a 2-2 two, two event. So here's the play. Here's our 2-2. Two, two. It gives 1-5 to everybody in front, and it's a 4K. Now you're saying to yourself, man, this 2-2 two, two sucks. No. What it does is whenever you play the Climax, you can pay one, discard, kill this, and then uh, pick the 3-2 from the waiting room, put it onto the stage that the 2-2 was on, and add the event into your hand. Yeah. Great. Now what does the event in 3-2 do? The 3-2 says, uh, on play, from hand or by the combo, heal. So, already have a heal. If they block down, this heal is available uh, is it available at level one? Do you need to, you do need to be level two? Yeah. So, uh, this is an early play heal that can happen uh, normally, and then it has the following combo effect. Same combo as the two two. On attack, if you have two or more characters, wow, how hard can that be in standby? Burn one, and then during the opponent's climax phase or during the card's battle, you can't receive auto effect damage. Until the end of your opponent's next turn, obviously. Uh, so this is actually really interesting to me that it also includes the climax phase, because um, though I can't think of burns coming out in the climax phase off the top of my head, uh, that are like super top of the you know top of the meta, like. Um, yeah, I don't but think... It, don't... But it can happen. Like, it, it's just not, like, super common. The, the funny thing is, the only one I can think of is, is literally the, the upcoming review movie set one. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, it's I not... can't think of one off the top of my head that I that that's meta-relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously... Or, or just in general, really. Yeah. Obviously, can't the, the important part is during battles. So yeah. If you don't side attack, no auto damage. Right. This forces Guras specifically into a side, but that also kind of doesn't matter to them in the sense of they get two one one one, which, which might just be you know good enough to kill uh, anyway. But it does prevent like the super reach. Yeah. In, in that scenario. Yeah. Uh, the and against normal decks. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. pretty not. pretty killer. Uh, no auto damage is rough, buddy. Yeah. The event is a 2-2 counter event. You have to have the 3-2. If you are level 2, you can choose somebody on your board and the character facing it gets minus 3 soul. And that character gets 1-5 power. So, gets around Hexproof. Primarily. Yes. Um, it'll also and, give and you... It'll give the, the actual early play Albedo enough power to um, survive a lot of battles. Yeah, in, in case you don't have like a spare 2-2 in the back. Or even if you do. We gotta get over, we gotta beat Murin. True, true. And so, Actually, like, that doesn't beat Murin. It could under certain setups. If you have like another power boost. Yes. Because it's 13-5 swinging it. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you would need another power boost, but I feel like it can have one. Yeah. So, 
you definitely probably would. Um, the interesting thing is that um, at level three, it kind of gets nerfed. Yeah. Um, you have to pay three because you have to pay three instead, and you don't get the power bump. Right. So um, it's minus three souls is um, basically for for any normal deck is gonna delete all the damage from the lane. Mm -hmm. um, so the problem or the less good thing about this is that if you've already comboed off with the 2-2 it's highly likely that they are going to be siding probably anyway and if they're siding then you don't you don't need to give minus souls yeah but if they try to reach for it with autos if you have the shutdown from this minus souls event it's gonna feel devastating because that's basically all the damage from a lane just gone um it's very awkward to deal with this type of character. Um, the obvious uh, problem here, of course, is that... Um, yeah. Ainz. Ainz will nuke your board! Woo! The counter to it was already in the set. <laughs> yeah, so but, Albedo uh, is weak yeah. to Ainz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. It's flavored! They yeah. built it into the set! Yeah, they made it impossible for, <laughs> for Albedo to defeat Ainz. <laughs> so, um, that's not super uh, great. But there are a number of decks that will be frustrated by um, this sort of strategy. I'm just not 100% sure the meta is right for it yet. However, if they do a banlist pass like they did in Japan and bring a bunch of these decks down in power level, this is the type of deck that's near the meta, that's almost good enough, that will rise, will rise yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the shadow of all that stuff. Uh huh. And yeah, that's that's our deck deck plus half of the week. Uh, I don't actually specifically know like a full Albedo like deck list, but it does have the tools to facilitate it enough that it is an archetype. That's just kind of the main the main thing to think about. Yeah, it's like, why would we want to play this? This is why we would want to play yeah. this. Uh, and finally today, we're gonna talk about some voodoo. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody has it, you know, your habits. That thing you do that, it's not based on anything, but it, it works out, right? You just feel it <laughs> in your jellies. You feel it in your bones. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so what? Every everybody has their own thing, uh, and we're we're gonna chat about some of ours here real quick, uh, because I guess we've talked about torch enough that it's not. Uh, that's its own voodoo, you know. Yeah. That's its own magic. When stuff. I was thinking about this, I was more thinking about. You know, um, the stuff that doesn't make sense that you do because this is how you always shuffle before events. This is how you always cut before events. This yeah. So I'll go first for me. Um, this this voodoo has lasted like well over a year now, and I think it's going to be kind of permanent. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't believe in double sleeves anymore. Yeah. No, the anime sleeves are cursed. Like yeah. <laughs> anime plus over sleeve is guaranteed cursed curse you're just guaranteed. never gonna get the good shuffles you're never gonna get the good draws i'm uh-huh i'm opaque plain sleeve for life now i think yeah yeah you know the funny thing i'm i'm with you uh i came to that conclusion independently uh probably like uh, a month or two before the last year chicago regional and also 
it's easier to to just change out a single sleeve there's like less things that can happen at top cut in, yeah in, in case like something happens to a sleeve you know yeah like I... you can just have like three packs of katanas on hand but if you only bought like one or two packs of those artist sleeves two years ago like and you don't have spares uh yeah and that's part of what discourages me from just playing the the art sleeves like raw yeah you know um i have tons of them i mean that's definitely not gonna happen for me yeah yeah <laughs> i have tons of sleeves that are sitting in boxes from from when i believed yeah and uh this is pure voodoo and confirmation bias there's no logic in any of this but it's just that's just how i feel man it's fake news and the other thing here's the other but thing this is how you feel yeah Here's the other thing that I, that I, I will, and I'm gonna end up doing it later tonight. When I make my deck log, uh huh, or whenever I do my deck list before the event, yeah, I never take, I never sort it. You never sort it. I go one card at a time from the top of the deck. Yep. It feels so cursed to sort the deck out into like a non, you know, a perfectly uniform setup, and then try to reshuffle it into a random state. Feels like I never. The first like three games always come out weird and scuffed. Yeah. So yeah, nah, that ain't me. If it happens in top eight, you know, because they do the deck check or whatever, then it is what it is. I can't do anything about that. But you know, the funny thing is, I whenever I was making the deck log, I was just making it strictly from memory while like sorting it out. Yeah. But like just clicking through it pretty quickly, I was like, wait, I need to double check that these cards are here. I'm like in the deck. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to make your deck log for memory. Please don't do that. Uh, but uh, it's just one of those man. things. It's like I don't, I don't want to separate the deck out. I don't want to sort the deck out. Like it, they're gonna make you do it if you make cut. But like, if I have a choice, I'm not gonna do it. Uh huh. So that's just. There's nothing logical about it. If you know how to shuffle correctly, you should be able to re-randomize the deck. Maybe I don't need to know how to shuffle correctly. Maybe this, I just... Yeah. This habit of mine might be a little bit more based on, like, how I operate as a human being. But, like, I I feel like I've always played at least marginally better Weiss after some kind of extended period of not playing it. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, it's just, like... And like day before regional, not happy. I'm not playing a game. Two days, maybe not anyway. Uh, like, cause, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, because in my head, and and some somebody else in our in our community had a, had a slightly similar mindset of like, you know, playing the the day slash night before the regional just feels like cramming for a test. Yeah, and if you run that test hot, then you. You might just run the <laughs> the next day cold. Now that's that's definitely voodoo, but for me it's like I always uh, I, I'm the kind of person that thrives on doing a variety of things like back to back. If I jam something in in general like too much all, all in a row, like it grinds on me. I think that I think there's something there. You know, yeah. that's they'll tell you. You know, when you're doing test preparation or something like that, like for an exam, they'll always tell you, you know, don't, like, make sure you get rested. Make sure, like, you you take enough time before because, like, you, you're you not going to, you're not going to retain any of the shit you do the, the, the night before, the day before, the five mm -hmm. seconds before. You know, that studying isn't useful. It's like, if you it don't know. It was everything leading up to it. Yeah, if you don't know yeah. it by then, you're not going to. Yeah. But what I will say is that, 
I have played card games for too long and I have practiced too much the day before to ever give myself enough room to think I'm like, no, nah, I got this. There's no more plays that I can make that would ever <laughs> improve by playing more games. I, I'm, you know, my worry whenever I play the pre-tournament games is um, I have to take close uh, stock of my mental state. Mm. I, the last thing you want is to tilt yourself before the, before the event. Yeah, yeah. So definitely don't play the day of. No. God no. No. God no. Hell no. Don't do it. No. If you get there three hours early, like doom scroll for three hours. Like I don't know, uh, but yeah. don't play Weiss. Yeah. That's yeah. a mistake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the the funniest thing so far for me is that, um, uh, I have very little like undefeated locals. Yeah. At this time, and like two of them happened right after i did not play wise for like three plus days and like drove back and like it, like the most recent one was uh go to houston visit family skip wise for three days uh drive back directly into the local four hours in and go undefeated smile yeah i mean uh you were coming back from a fairly long layoff when you um won that shop challenge right yeah th Austin? that's the other yeah. thing yeah and that's the other one most recent where it's like went to vietnam for a week came back day after still fully jet lagged to hell and back win the shop challenge easy yeah. It's just that's just <laughs> so easy. I should just I should just take a trip before each regional. Just yeah. not play. Right. <laughs> Do you have any um but but yeah. I I I kind of understand that. Do you have any like shuffling or I shuffle or cutting? 8 times? Is it 8 except for when I don't. It's okay. the weirdest thing. Like sometimes I'll I'll consciously remember and then I'll do it and then sometimes I'll just keep shuffling. And then it, that's the feeling, and then there it goes. I kind of want to... Do you have a number? You know, I I, I'm, I'm, I read somewhere that if you shuffle too much, it unrandomizes the deck a little. Yeah. And so I have to be conscious to shuffle less. Or yeah. Like, because yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people, like a little bit of a compulsive shuffler. Same, same. No, 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 I'll shuffle my waiting room. I, I, I'm trying to stop. But, yeah. like, whenever it's, like, about to refresh, I'll, like, shuffle it. But the opponent's like still definitely going through a turn, and at one point they'll ask for it, and then you gotta get it back, and then you have to shuffle it again, and oh my god, how how shuffle is it gonna be? You know. Yeah, I uh, it's a bad habit that that uh, I think a lot of us have um, when playing casual games or or less more casual games, I'll say, where we start to shuffle the waiting room, you know, before it's time, um, and that will definitely cause you to shuffle the crap out of it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's everybody's got I, little things that that they like. I have a specific deck box that I will bring to tournaments only, big tournaments only. Uh huh. Um, they gave out like a mini sized um Shioko deck oh, nice. box a, a while back. Yeah. Um, nice. that I generally bring to tournaments because it's just big enough to hold like one deck and some sleeves and like some spares. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. And so it's like little tiny box, throw in the bag, real easy. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to comment. Um, whatever your pre-tournament voodoo is, whatever your 
your absolutely nonsensical beliefs are that you absolutely adhere to regardless of any circumstance. Everyone's got some. The more you play card games, the more you will realize the truth that we're all absolute lunatics. And there's no, much like any other sport, you know, you're going to have these rituals that you believe in. And oh, you know, I'll tag on one more. And yeah, uh, there will be a Spotify poll. And also you can leave it in the comics. Not a poll. There will be like a, a Spotify question and answer. And you can also leave it in the YouTube comments. Uh, and, and the last one I'll lead off with is, is for a long time, if I have two Shizus and a third guy, I'll swing with the Shizus first because it is it was my sincerely held belief that the top was a climax and I would trigger it with the third guy when I could have milled it with the Shizu and now it's the first like trigger that I hit and da 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 which is full bullshit yeah you know For sure. because it can be the top or it can be the third card after you swing with Shizu you know doesn't make sense. You should just swing with the shitter first, and then you'll know what to do with your salvages afterwards. Yes, and uh, I was about to say, one of our locals would absolutely admonish any of us for doing that, because you want to have the maximum amount of information possible prior to any combo decision. Even if it's bad. Even if it's bad. Especially if it's bad. Especially if it's bad, <laughs> really. So, yeah. Uh, that that's that's some deprogramming that that I've done on yeah. myself. Yeah. Recently, some stuff is innocuous <laughs> and like it'll never hurt you. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I have known people who have wore the same shirts yeah. for every tournament. Yeah, yeah. When I used to play L5R, there were people who would, who would, they would, that was the tournament shirt. Like, yeah. That's it was game time. You know, you didn't yeah. wear it any other time. Or you know, they'll have some kind of food ritual or whatever pre-game ritual pre-night ritual yep you know uh making deck changes at the last possible minute was always happening and so it's like that's a that's a horrible habit by the way well i know people some people are powerful some people are powerful but <laughs> for us mere mortals that's a hor horrible thing and i and I, it's it, it's across all card games it happens everywhere at the pittsburgh pokemon regional like you saw people on twitter like yeah i changed my deck my entire deck archetype three days before the regional that made the difference it was so good i was like you're leading us astray <laughs> yeah also deck log kind of puts a a little put the kibosh on that where yeah, it's like yeah, you yeah. gotta submit this shit beforehand you cannot just be making changes right just now i mean you can do it the morning of you can still change it yeah yeah now with bushi navi oh sure 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 yeah 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 because yeah. before when you were doing the pre-reg yeah know, yeah yeah they made you send it in yeah you were yeah. locked in yeah no fucking around <laughs> yeah <laughs> no they, they actually did if, if you went up to them yeah you could change it i wouldn't yeah yeah <laughs> not that not there's anything wrong with the great judging staff for Bushi Road events, but I'm not relying on anybody's sincerity, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but that's going to be our show for today. So tune in next time after your next deck out. And don't you forget to take the refresh point. Next time, we'll see you after Chicago and for me before New York. <laughs>